welcome to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside, as always, my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, now that we've come down from the high that was last weekend, especially for you being an Ohio State fan, how are you feeling on this fine Wednesday? Well, it took a, it took a lot to calm myself down even going into the week you know that that's a big win it's a it's a win that you hope all off season for and they don't play this week so it's gonna probably linger into the weekend because I'll have to watch Michigan State play Iowa and I don't think you could pay many people in the United States cold to watch that game but no it was a great weekend of college football there's been a lot of uh, talk in the media Ryan Day's obviously getting there's a lot of talk about him but Dan Lanning and his comments over the weekend and that kind of stuff has been really dominating the news I just want football like enough of enough of what coaches said and what coaches didn't say we just want football games and this weekend it's not as good as last weekend but we're now fully pretty much into conference play and so you are going to have some very important games early in the conference slate, and there's a lot. Like, Georgia's going to go on the road. We're going to get to that. LSU's going on the road. Not to easy environments, and these are games that are tough, and it's always hard to go on the road. Michigan plays their first road game, and so it's going. I think it's going to be a really good weekend of college football. Underrated, but you can't have last weekend every week because it just it just wouldn't work. So I'm excited, Cole. I think we got some good games. I'm excited to talk to you, and I'm excited for this episode. I think we're doing a little different today, and so I think I think the fans are going to like it. Oh, when the dust settled from last weekend, there was a lot of there was the two two major games had some coaching drama at the end. People talking, does Lou Holtz live rent free in Ryan Day's head? We'll see. But I think yeah, that was that situation is fine. We'll forget about that come next week um, once we start watching football on Saturday. And Dan Lanning handled that situation perfectly he had his pregame speech there was a camera in there whatever they saw it people all the casuals of college football that Colorado and Dion has brought in which we're welcome to have you but don't be too loud those people were getting loud about that about his comments and and he addressed it in his post post game press conference or next day press conference and he he hit it on the head he said look I was motivated my guys I appreciate all that all the players that Dion has brought into the sport and all the all the new eyes we have but there was nothing wrong with what I said. He didn't. He didn't apologize. He didn't have to apologize. He was a great leader. He just handled it exactly how he should. So, yeah, that's been been fun little little side storylines to watch over the days. But the dust is settling on that, and I'm sure no one will remember any of that once uh, we kick off on Saturday. Yeah, I really liked how you said the casuals because I think a lot of your casuals don't even know who Dan Landing is, and so they're hearing this guy going at Deion Sanders, and they're like, "Who is this guy?" Like. He's a really good up and coming coach. Like he's going to keep Oregon at an elite level, and it's like people acting or acting like he's a nobody. Now compared to Deion Sanders, his name is not Deion Sanders, but that was a bit crazy for me. So as always, people like and subscribe to the podcast. We will be letting everybody know there will not be a week five recap episode. Uh, Cole and I both have a very busy weekend ahead, and we just don't think we can bring you the high-quality podcast you guys are going to be looking for on Monday afternoon. But we will be back at it next week with our uh, Week 6 preview. And there's a big game next week. The Red River rivalry is next weekend. So that one's one that 
I know Cole and I are going to talk a lot about. So Cole, what we wanted to do today, switch it up a bit. At the end, we're going to get into the normal routine where we're going to talk about the games this week. And then we're also going to give you our A-plus picks of the week. I'm hoping for a 5-0 and o week for both Cole and I. We're not, I'm just barely up. Cole's a little below 500, but we're going to we're gonna give you guys good picks later in the episode. So we're going to do our top 10 through four weeks of the year. We're going to do 10 through 6. I'm going to say my 10 through 6. Cole's going to say his 10 through 6. We're going to talk about it real quick. And then we're going to go top five. And we're going to break it down. We're going to go, I'll go five, Cole goes five. We're just going to do it like that. It's going to be fun. So without further ado, I am going to do my top 10 from 10 to 6. And then Cole's going to go. So at number 10, Utah. We got. I have a string here of Pac-12 teams, so get ready. 10, Utah. 9, Oregon. 8, USC. 7, Penn State. And 6, I have Michigan. So Cole... Who's your 10 through 6? All right, yeah. So before I go into it, my metric that I base this on was really no preconceived notion of what they're, who I think their players are. Like It's strictly based on what they've proven to me this year. No, no preseason rankings are in effect here. So what I think this team has looked like this year. So uh, my number 10 team is Georgia. Georgia has not looked good really at all this year. Every single first half they're in a one possession game against teams that are far should be far below their caliber and just based on they haven't really beaten anyone yet based on my unbiased metrics georgia's 10 this has nothing to do with who they were last year or the year before what i've watched this year makes georgia 10 number nine likewise is michigan michigan has done the exact same thing haven't really played anyone they haven't looked as sharp as they should have and they literally haven't beat anyone compared to a lot of other teams that i have ahead of them have had a lot of like really good wins this year so for that reason those those one and two and the eight people are at my 10 and nine so now i'll just get through the next ones my number eight i have washington number seven utah number six oregon okay so first thing that jumps out is obviously michigan at nine for me just because of you being a michigan fan but i think fans that is a great thing to see because that means Cole is not always bringing you a biased opinion on Michigan, and I respect that. I think that's exactly what we need. Obviously, Georgia 10 is – I like how you define what you were – how you were ranking your teams and went into that. And I'm and Washington at 8, is that what you had them at, 8? Yeah. Explain Washington at 8 if we're going based on stuff we've seen this year. Right, so like Washington has looked incredibly electric and high-powered. The, the what held them back from not being ahead of Utah or Oregon is just the fact that they haven't had as good of wins as those teams have. So Washington's only played California, a Michigan State team that in hindsight is a, not a good team, Tulsa and Boise State, and Utah and Oregon both have better wins against more Power 5 teams, Utah against Florida and against UCLA, same as, and they play, and at Texas, and at Baylor, and then Texas Tech for Oregon, so, and then just recently just demolished Colorado, so that's my reasoning for having Washington below them. Okay, let's do this. Five through one. We're actually just, let's do this. I'll just do my five through one, you do your five through one, and we'll we'll decompress it, okay? All right, sounds good. Five for me, I have Texas. Four for me, I have Florida State. Three, I have Washington. Two, I have Ohio State. And one, I have Georgia. So that's my five, Cole. You do your five, and then let's talk. All right, so five for me is USC. Four is Penn State. 
three is Ohio State. Two is Texas. One is Florida State. Okay, so I'm going to explain why Cole Cole had a Georgia 10. I have a one. Uh, I did my rankings, I will say, a little bit differently than Cole, which is there's nothing wrong with that. And I have Georgia 1 because until they lose a football game, they have not lost a football game in a very long time, and I'm just going to keep them at 1. I agree with Cole, though. They have not looked like the number one team in the country this year. But my also reasoning is I think a lot of other teams, I don't think there's a dominant team. That number one team that everybody can point to as being the best team in college football. Georgia's a weird team because I think they are still learning a lot about themselves and they just get, they just play, they just are average in the first half. And then they're like, we got to beat this team. And then they beat the team. So that's why I have Georgia one. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys right now, they are not the most dominant team in the country. They are not. But if I had to give them number one, I give them number one. Now, Washington at three for me, I think they just look so dominant. Now I have a little perspective on them because I got to watch them in person but I just am really curious when we get into the Pac-12 play, how that offense does not continue to do what they are doing. Now, I think in the California game, they gave up, I want to say 32 points. You can't give up 32 to Cal because if you play USC, Oregon, uh, Utah is not going to put up that much. But uh, UCLA might, Colorado. Colorado might. I just don't think... That is a I would I'm gonna give you that Cole because I completely agree and they don't have as big of wins as the other teams in the top ten especially how you rank them do but that's why I have Georgia one uh, Ohio State I have two because of the win against Notre Dame and I think they've gotten better every single week and so I want to talk about my Michigan at six real quick yeah because I don't understand why you put Michigan at six and Georgia at one because I think they've had very similar seasons. I can see Michigan being below Georgia, but I don't necessarily how you have such a discrepancy there when they've had very similar seasons. Fair. I totally think that's fair. And part of it is, like I just said, Georgia has not. Georgia's two-time defending national champion. I'm just going to give them a little benefit of the doubt. Michigan, I just don't think, has looked better every single game. And I don't think... I, I don't see like a game until Penn State, like we've talked about, where this Michigan team... Uh, is really, really tested. So I really think Michigan's a very good football team. I just have them at six. So, and there could be a little bias in that one as well. But I just think against... All right, I appreciate it as long as you let... Yeah, I think fine. against all those... Te- I mean, you have them ranked higher than me. Yeah, I think all those games on a neutral field, I think Michigan would be the underdog in. And so I'm just going with that. The only game that there's actually they actually play is obviously Ohio State, and they're a three point favorite at home. So that's the only one I can even use as an example. So what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Penn State ranked? I have Penn State right behind Michigan at seven. Or, okay. So I have I, I Michigan's better. I I think right now how I rank the Big Ten East is Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State just from this year. I don't think I've I don't know if you've been seeing this Cole because you and I follow a lot of. Michigan, you fo- I follow more Michigan State stuff that's in the state of Michigan, but a lot of the reporters are ranking their like Big Ten teams in the state of Michigan, and they're, a lot of teams are putting Penn State one, and I just don't see it. I don't, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about Michigan or about Penn State being number one, and both of our teams are would be the team they'd be behind. I just, I don't see it. So that's, I've been seeing a lot of that, and I'm just like, no, like, 
you can't do that. Michigan's better than Penn State, so yeah. So so my my number one is Florida State. Florida State to me is they have the two best wins in the country uh, besides two of the top three, I think at least besides Texas's and I guess Ohio State's as well. But being able to beat LSU in a neutral field uh, first game of the year with all that, I think that's that's a very good win for them. And they didn't just beat them. They dominated them, especially in that second half. They they are able to just strike teams. When they, when they are clicking, when that offense is clicking, you don't stand a chance. And then Clemson as well, on the road, really hostile environment. Clemson was literally playing for their season last weekend. And Penn State or Florida State was able to come away with a gritty, tough comeback win. And if you're a team that's going to go far and make the playoffs, you got to be able to escape in those games. You need to be able to, when you get down big in a playoff game or in a late late November conference game, you need to be able to win those gritty games. Um, and Florida State did it in the toughest environment. So I think just with their wins alone, they deserve to be at number one uh, for me. Um, they've proven it on the field so far. They have, they've had a tough early schedule, and they've proven it. And, yeah, and I think Texas as well being able to go into – Bryant Denny Stadium in a tough night game environment and just slay the beast of Alabama and then make it not particularly close. Very impressive. Similar theme, Ohio State. It's, to me, it's all about their best wins. Ohio State at Notre Dame. Because oh, Ohio State hasn't looked great. The, re- the way I separated Texas and Ohio State, because they both have really big wins, is Texas has looked a little bit better in their games against weaker opponents to me than Ohio State has, with the exception of the Western Kentucky game. And that's just obviously where the resumes are very similar for those two but yep that's how my top teams shook out Penn State is there just because they've been dominant in every game and they've passed flying colors and their defense has looked well so and then USC to me their defense does look improved I know they kind of struggled with Arizona State last week and San Jose State but like the what they've done to stand what they did to Stanford I know Stanford's not a good game good very good team but they have their defense does look improved to me and I think they can score it well and that's kind of the anomaly I think in my top 10 is USC up there so that's why I rank these teams in that order yeah I think it'll be fun so this is week four po- or this this is post week four I think we're plan- our plan will be to do this post week eight, do it every four weeks, just kind of see where we change, keep track of this, and I think it'll be fun. So we also want to do, after four weeks, is kind of say where we've been right and where we've been wrong. We always own up, like Cole has said uh, on numerous occasions, he will always own up to where he was wrong, and he's he's made a few of those notes. I will say... On a lot of our stuff, we really haven't been like too wrong on things. Uh, We'll get into kind of where we have been wrong. But where I've been right coming into this year, we're going to give you two where we've been right and where we've been wrong. Florida State, I was all in on them. I picked them to win the ACC. I just had them them as number five in the playoff at my end of the year. And honestly, that one, they they look like they're going to have to kind of slip up to probably not make the playoff based on them getting their toughest game out of the way, Clemson. So Florida State looks really good. Those receivers that they have just look dominant. And I was impressed going into Clemson and winning that game without um, being able to run the football because I think they have a really good run game with Trey Benson. And Keon Coleman is everything I would have thought he would been after watching him at Michigan State the last two years and it's good to see a lot of Michigan State fans and don't want to root for root for him at all and I'm not that way it's like what Cole was talking about last week with uh oh crap who's the oh, Andrew Anthony at Oklahoma he 
he wants him to succeed. I want Keon Coleman to succeed. He's ranked the second best receiver in uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft. Like to see him be a first round pick is cool. Like I have no ill will towards him, and it's really good to see him. And then the other place I've been right is Ohio State's defense. Uh, I was really high on their defense coming into the year. Now it's only four games, so there's a lot of football left. But their defense won them the game against Notre Dame, and they have given up three points in the opener against Indiana, seven points against Youngstown State, 10 points against Western Kentucky, and 14 points against the Notre Dame offense that was averaging over 40 points a game. So I, those are my where I've been right. Cole, where, what are your two where you've been right so far? So my first one is with the Duke Blue Devils. They were my sleeper team in the ACC. And I remember saying if they can win that first home game in preseason against Clemson, they, they can really start taking off. And that, it's like they do have a tough schedule, but let's see where they're at. And they have been really under the radar, solid and dominant in a lot of their games this year. Riley Leonard's looked really good. Mike Elko has been a stud. Um, and they've done pretty much exactly what I had hoped and said to look out for in them. So that's that's a big one that, that I'm proud of that I was right on. And then number two is uh, the Pac-12 just being an elite conference this year with a lot of really good teams and with the potential of getting two teams in the playoffs. I know that's still a very big long shot, but it's a lot more realistic now than it was four weeks ago. And this conference has been elite, and I don't think anyone in the country – Right now, we'll argue what the most fun conference to watch this year has been, and it's definitely been the Pac-12. And I mean, four teams in the top 10 right now. I think it's six in the top 25. This conference has been so fun, uh, and their swan song of a year. They are dominant, and they are a really good, strong conference this year. Yeah, before I get to my where I've been wrong, I do want to give you credit on these two because Duke looks like a team that actually could play for an ACC championship, and that's... That's something that is really crazy for football. Like basketball, you say Duke playing for an ACC championship. That's like that's like just another day. And so for football, for them to be able to do this is really cool to see. And I really like how the Pac-12 is dominating in their last year. Now, we're going to see when they get into play, conference play, they're going to beat up on each other. I think it's inevitable with how many they have. But I think, like you said, six top 25 teams, I really think, they can have six top 25 teams at the end of the year. They just might not have four top 10, but even doesn't even matter. They have really impressed. And it's going to be fun getting a few of those teams in the Big Ten. Three of those teams are top 10 teams right now. So for the strength of the Big Ten, like it's a great thing. And I, I just wanted to give you some applaud on those two. So Thank you. where I've been wrong is, so I've been wrong on Alabama. I thought they would be a surefire top three team in the country. And I thought Jalen Milrow would figure it out. And it just hasn't happened. Uh, I was really wrong on this O-line. I thought their O-line was some of the guys they had, the five-star talent they had. I thought they'd be able to run the football at will. And Jalen Milrow really would not have to throw the football a lot to win games. And it's four games, three and one. I like that they won and really they didn't dominate. I mean, like they didn't blow out Ole Miss. But it was nice to see them win that game. Uh, They go... Two games on the road that aren't easy. No game on the road in the SEC is easy, but their next two weeks are at Mississippi State this week and then a big one at Texas A&M next week. So uh, that that's I would say I was wrong on that because I didn't. I thought they'd beat Texas, even though I really like Texas, but I, I think I'm wrong on that. And then one of my surprise teams 
in the Big 12 was Oklahoma State, and they're 2-2, two and two, and I don't want to spend much time on them because they're really bad. Uh, just lost to Iowa State, and they lost to South Alabama at home. They did come through for Cole and I on the podcast with the A-plus picks against Arizona State, so thank you for that. But, yep, I was wrong on that, so that's my two picks I've been wrong on, Cole. Yeah, so, so my first one, this was something that we were together on, is we thought North Carolina was not going to stand up to the test, and uh, we thought we, we would see a just another instance of North Carolina underwhelming with preseason expectations and not living up to that hype, and, and they have done the exact opposite. I said this is not going to be a physical team at the beginning of the year, um, and their defense has been very physical. They run the ball really well, um, and they have looked a lot better than I think you or I ever thought they would, but especially me. I was I mean, I hammered them on the under. And I was pretty loud about thinking that they weren't going to be good. So that's definitely uh, a spot that I was wrong in. A big place, another one that I was really wrong in. I thought the Big Ten West was going to be an exciting race this year and, and a sneaky, sneaky fun one to watch. And I don't know how we managed to do this, but it's worse than last year. It is so disgusting, so ugly. You, you When you watch those games... It's like putting needles in your eyes. It's brutal. It's ugly. These are horrible teams, and it just sucks that we have to watch a Big Ten championship with one of these teams in the Big Ten West because it is not a good division at all, um, and I thought that they would take a step this year from what they were last year and be at least a little exciting, and it's just absolutely not. Yeah, thank goodness it's the last year of the traditional Big Ten and how we decide a champion because you're right. Like, I was looking at the schedule this week, and you have you have Illinois and Purdue. Like that game is going to be horrible football, and it's just I think it's probably going to Wisconsin, Wisconsin's the favorite, and they have to, in my opinion, probably really screw up to not win the Big Ten West. But you never know because it's been it's been pure chaos. So without further ado, let's get into. Oh, you got a thought? Yeah, I will say Wisconsin's loss to Washington State is looking a lot better on the road against a really good Washington State team. Washington State looks really good. Cameron Ward is shooting up Heisman boards. So Wisconsin still could be a better team than we think they are just because that we thought that loss was really bad at the beginning, and that's actually not a bad loss at all on the road. So I will say we, we could have at least uh, a team that has life in that division, but it's still yet to be seen. Well, let's, let's get into some games to watch for Week 5. We're going to stay in the Pac-12 like we were just talking a lot about. And Friday night, which is a really good game for Friday night. I like that we're starting to see this a little bit more where there's some decent games on Fridays, at least conference games. I like that a lot. Um, and Utah goes on the road to Oregon State. The line is Oregon State plus three or minus three and a half. We don't know for sure about Cam Rising. It looks, we're recording this Wednesday night. So if anything changes before this is published on Friday, obviously you know why we said we don't know. He and Nate Johnson are rumored to be taking the first team snaps. And this is a big bounce back, I think, for Oregon State. It's a great spot to do it at home in front of your fans. Disappointing loss, I would say, on the road just because there was a lot of there's a lot of hype about Oregon State. But I think like Cole mentioned last week, we can't take that away from how good Washington State has played and continued to play. So I don't really look at that as a disappointing loss now. Now, they did get beat. They were dominated for most of the game. It was a three-point win by Florida or by Washington State, but it was not a three-point game. So this is a big game, Cole, to start off. 
for Oregon State at home. Utah came off the win against UCLA, so they're 1-0 in the conference. But I think this is a game Oregon State needs to have if they obviously want to be in the race for the Pac-12. Yeah, the question is, can Utah score more than 14 points? I think Utah... Utah cannot win this game like they beat UCLA 14-0. I think they need to be able to score little points just because just the way Oregon State can run the football and and the way they run their offense, I think they will score at least 14 points in this game. I could be wrong. Utah's defense has been elite, but I do think Utah will need to take a a slight another step because they're on the road. Um, You need to play a little bit better. You need to elevate yourself a little bit. And it is not going to – like this is Oregon State's bounce-back week, like you said – and this is, once again, you can't lose another game this year. If you want to be in this Pac-12 title race, you can't have two Pac-12 losses this early, especially with how deep the conference is this year. You cannot have two losses in the Pac-12. So Oregon State is going to leave it all out there on the field. And can Utah take those punches? And will Cam Rising play? Um, can Utah score more than 14 points? Because their defense we know is going to show up, but uh, Utah's offense needs to step up a little bit in this tough road environment. This is probably going to be one of our lower scoring games in the Pac-12, Cole, for most of the season with two good teams, I would say, because the game I want to talk about right now, USC and Colorado is not going to be a low scoring game. And this game kicks off at noon Eastern on the East Coast, which is... I think Colorado's two hours behind, so that's a ten. It could no, they're two. They're two hours because they're Mountain Time. So that's an eight or that's a ten a.m. kickoff in Colorado, which I know they're doing it all for TV. It's a big noon kickoff again. But Cole, this is a really interesting game because Colorado got humbled on the road last week against Oregon. No other way to say it, but they got humbled. And this USC team comes in with an offense that's averaging 570 yards per game. Best quarterback in the country, Caleb Williams. This is a team that, like you mentioned, is starting to play a little bit better defense. So what's this game going to look like, Cole? It's 21.5 point spread uh, at home for Colorado. I don't know what to expect. Yeah, we're, we're really going to know for sure if USC's defense has taken the next step this game because we know what can be done to Colorado's offense if you have a solid defense because what Oregon did last week. So we'll know about USC's defense this game. I do think that the uh, undervalued aspect of Colorado this year is the home field advantage that Dion has created because people are now really showing up for them. They are loud and they are energetic from start to finish. They're getting there two hours before games. So that is going to be definitely something to watch because can USC play well on the road in that tough environment with all the lights on them? Because this is a very bright spot for them with a lot of media attention. So how do we see that? How do we see USC handle that? I don't think they will be as dominant as Oregon was just because it is harder to win on the road. And I think Colorado will have a slight bounce back. But I mean, I could see USC winning this by a lot, just like Oregon did. So it'll be, it will be a, I think it's it's all about USC's defense. Are they better? Because if USC isn't stopping anyone, then Colorado can score with the best of them, and they can just punch for punch, march, keep marching in the field, and it'll be a classic Lincoln Riley trying to outscore the other team. So I think it's the name of the game is if we get a good game, it's because USC's defense isn't good, and if we get a, a bad game, it's because. USC killed them because their defense is a lot better like we thought they were. So it is going to be 
This game will tell me a lot if I was right in putting USC at the top of the Pac-12 and my rankings are not. Their offense is so fun to watch. Like I, we, we recorded our podcast for the week four recap, and I watched the end of the USC-Arizona State game. And, I mean, Caleb Williams is just – he's a cheat code out there, and they are – they have some speed receivers, and they're fun to watch. And I'm I'm with you, Cole. This game's kind of weird. 21 and a half might be a lot, especially at Colorado, but I am really excited for this game. So a game that is also at noon that is going to be not a high-scoring game, in my opinion, SEC battle. We got Florida going to Kentucky. Now, this is a team in Kentucky that you and I both were kind of high on, I would say, for their expectations. And a team in Florida that I, was, I wasn't I was very high on them, but I know you definitely weren't very high on them. They're ranked now, 23rd in the country. Basically, to me, the top 20, from 20 to 25 in the AP poll is basically a revolving door. And it just, if you win the week before and you look okay, you're going to maybe get a shot at being ranked. So I wouldn't look too much into Florida being ranked here. Florida is a favorite, or Kentucky's a favorite. That line flipped. Kentucky's a one-point favorite. So basically, when you see a home team being a one-point favorite, most of the time I will I will let people know that that means they think the road team is the better team, but it's at Kentucky, and so they're going to give Kentucky the spread nod. I don't really know what to expect much. I have not gotten to watch Kentucky play this year. I've watched Florida a few games. I know what they have in Devin Leary. Uh, he's thrown five picks this year already through four games, which is a little concerning for me because he's been in college football for a long time. But I think this is a hard game to go in and beat Kentucky. Kentucky shows up. Their fans show up, especially for a game against Florida. And I think this is going to be a really good way to start off the the weekend slate. Yeah, I, I think that it's on paper it's a good game, um, especially because of what the SEC always does well in the AP poll voters of – propping up the SEC by putting them in a team in the top 25 after one good win that they think is a good win versus Tennessee. But I also don't think Tennessee is that good this year. I think Florida is, it's a joke that they're ranked 24 even right now. I still don't think they're a very good team. And I think that's going to get exposed uh, this Saturday. Kentucky's defense is looking, or offense is looking better every week. The new offense is continuing to be implemented. Devin Leary is learning it. The whole team is starting to learn it and get more and more comfortable with it. Can that classic Mark Stoops defense um, continue to get better this year? I think they will. I think they're going to continue to keep taking steps and get better every single week. I think Devin Leary is going to torch Florida this game, honestly. I don't think it's going to be necessarily close, and people are going to really come back down to planet Earth after their complete stupid overreaction of that Tennessee game. Like people are so ready to just say that Florida is good, but this is not a good team. It's they're not good. They're going to lose this weekend and they're going to lose by a lot. I think we got a little hint at maybe one of our a plus picks of the week here, which we may share a thought on. So this will be fun. So my next game, Kansas, Texas, this game Two years ago, no one would have cared about. They would have been like, why are we talking Kansas football? Well, because Kansas football all of a sudden hit the last two years is a relevant program with Lance Leipold, who I'm hoping will maybe think that Michigan State's a better job than Kansas and head head east to go maybe take that job in a few months. But Kansas is a 16.5-point dog on the road against a dominant Texas team. Jalen Daniels is really fun to watch. He's a good quarterback. I picked against him last week, 
with the BYU plus eight and a half pick, and I was wrong because Jalen Daniels is a very good quarterback. I don't know what to expect here. I don't think Vegas thinks it's going to be close given the line. Can Kansas keep this close, Cole? Yeah, I think Kansas uh, can keep it close. They're kind of a Texas kryptonite, at least they were last year. Don't forget, Kansas won this game last year. Maybe a little revenge game for Texas. We'll see. But Kansas has just been quietly passing every test so far this year. There's a reason that this team is ranked right now. And, yeah, I think this is a sneaky, fun game to watch. And we'll, once again, learn a little bit more about Texas this game at a game where they're playing a good team. And it's not like a giant game, but they still have to wake up for it. They can't sleepwalk through this one. But I think Texas will be awake. I think they'll win this game. But it's definitely a game very worth watching. Um, and at the very least, you're going to watch good quarterback play. You're going to watch uh, just just a fun game. And Kansas is a really fun team to watch. If you're just looking for a team to watch and Kansas is on, you don't know who else to watch, watch Kansas play a game because they have a very fun team to watch. Yeah, Kansas is – I've watched two of their games now. Uh, they won a big game at home against Illinois, and they I agree, Cole, they're a fun team to watch. So a team that we are a little different on based on our top ten – Georgia goes on the road to Auburn. It's their first time leaving the state of Georgia for a game. It's the first time leaving their home stadium for a game. And they go to a weird Auburn football team. I'm just going to say that. This team doesn't know who their quarterback is. One of their quarterbacks is not a good option, Peyton Thorne. I'll tell you right now, he's he will really struggle if he has to play against Georgia. That's why I think Robbie Ashford might be their best bet because he can run a little bit. But Georgia's a 14.5-point favorite. Kind of low for the number one team in the country going on the road to play an Auburn team that isn't great. But I think there's a lot of people out there that think Auburn's really going to give them a game here and might actually pull the upset. What do you think? Yeah, I'm putting, I say, I think everyone needs to have their radar up for this one and just monitor the situation because Auburn could give Georgia a scare this weekend. I don't think Georgia's going to lose this game. But I do think Auburn will give them a scare. Auburn is going to show out. Their fans will show out. It's going to be a tough environment for Georgia. So how will they show up to this game? Will they be ready to play? Um, will they have a back-to-back national title hangover? Are they going to be sleepwalking through these games still? Like, you don't know who to prepare for at quarterback either if you're Georgia. That's something to the advantage of Auburn. They, I don't think they can get any worse on the offensive side of the ball. Their defensive side has looked pretty decent this year. I don't think they can get any worse offensively. So that's kind of got to give you a little bit of pause that you don't know what's necessarily going to come on offense, but you know if that Hugh Freeze is going to be at least smart enough to try new things this week. And I listen, if Georgia wins this game 56-7, to I won't bat an eye. I won't be surprised in the least. However... I won't be surprised if this game's a lot closer than you, than we think it will, and if Auburn finds a way to cover at home. I will be incredibly surprised, though, if Auburn wins this game, but I won't be surprised if they cover. So, interesting enough, watch the first half, see where we're at, and we might find ourselves in a fun one. Well, we know Georgia doesn't like to play, really do anything in the first half, so who knows what that scoreline will be. So again, That's your number one team. That is my number one team, but I think they're, think they're going to dominate this game. And I think Kirby's going to get after his guys a bit because I think they're kind of sleepwalking. So stay in the SEC. LSU goes on the road to Ole Miss. So this is a game I think both teams, obviously all games are games you have to have, but I think this is a definitely a must win for both teams because LSU, you don't want to go to two losses on the season. I think that... Could be a killer to make it to the playoff with two losses. 
and then Ole Miss wants to stay and fight in the SEC, and I don't think you can do that if you start 0-2. So, Cole, LSU's favorite, 2.5. I know you're not as high on Ole Miss at all, but what do you think is the key for LSU to come in and win this game? A tough road environment to go play at, and you know Lane Kiffin will have uh, his team ready. Yeah, K.J. Jefferson plays very similar to Jackson Dart, and K.J. Jefferson gave LSU a lot of problems uh, last week. That secondary is still spotty for LSU, very spotty for LSU, and Lane Kiffin knows how to throw the football. I think the X factor for this team is can they get their for Ole Miss is can they get their run game uh, moving? And against a pretty good run defense in LSU, they do have um, a really big uh, defensive front, really good guys on the interior. So Judkins hasn't looked as great as we thought he would this year. So I don't think this game. I, I personally think that LSU could just, could just kill Ole Miss, um, especially because I don't think Alabama's that good. And you guys know that I've been really low on Ole Miss this year too. And But this is a game of who's the fraud. They're going to be looking at each other. Am I, are you the fraud? Am I the fraud? Whoever wins this game, whoever loses this game, is to me just dead in the water as well. And then the other one has a chance to win the win a tough SEC East. And I also think if LSU, uh, yeah, the SEC West, if LSU loses this game, I'm going to have a, a new pick out of the SEC West. Obviously, I'm not going to count it as right, but I will start, I will create a new pick for myself of who I think will win if LSU loses this game. Should I reveal it now or should I reveal it next week? It would have to be Texas A&M, I feel like. It is Texas A&M, yep. <laughs> it's Texas even without Connor Wiggum he's out for the year but who knows that would that would be I would still go Alabama but you'd go Texas A&M so my game of the week Cole Notre Dame Duke little disrespect maybe for Duke Duke is a five and a half point or six now underdog at home against Notre Dame now I don't know what to expect in this obviously Notre Dame just played a grueling ground and pound game against Ohio State Duke played UConn. So is why are why is the national media disrespecting Duke with six points at home? I don't that seems a little weird to me, Cole. Yeah, I think people are still really high on Notre Dame. And I think this is a game that we're gonna learn more about Notre Dame and Ohio State this week than we did last week, in my opinion. Because if Notre Dame just goes out and gets destroyed by Duke, then we're going to learn, like, okay, maybe Ohio State didn't have quite as great of a win as we thought they did. Maybe Notre Dame was a little overrated. But also, if Notre Dame goes and destroys Duke, then then maybe, okay, Ohio State's for real. They should be the number one team. I think Duke is – they still have a little bit of the hangover of being a basketball school, traditionally not really good at football. So I think a lot of the public is on Duke's side. And I also think their offense is, has, doesn't have – really eye-popping numbers so I think that could be a reason for the for the large spread the other thing is Notre Dame is now in desperation mode they have the schedule to run the table and make the playoff probably no problem just with the with the teams that they have to play they can still run the table no problem so they are also in desperation mode they are in win now they need a bounce back week bad and I think Duke traditionally has not won these games like no one knows about Duke in these games so I think that's a reason for probably the public continuing to push this line to six. And I think it could continue to go if we saw it by game time around seven. 
um, seven, seven and a half. So I, I think it is a little disrespectful to Duke, but I mean, if it is disrespectful, then there's money to be made on that disrespect because we, we have full capability to take those six points and say, thank you very much. Cole, we're going to really quickly talk about our teams. Ohio State's on a bye, so we won't talk about them. What is the key to Michigan beating Nebraska? Obviously, they're a big favorite, 17.5-point favorite, but it's their first game on the road. Nebraska is never an easy place to go play, regardless of how that team is doing. And uh, they've won two straight since losing their opening two games. So what's the biggest key to Michigan going on the road? They obviously have a lot of experience, so it shouldn't be a crazy thing for them to do. Yeah, the main thing is don't turn the ball over. Um, you just literally just play your game, run the ball, get like safe screen passes. You don't need to do anything special against this Nebraska team that you are just superior to. Um, and let that start with running the ball and let that open everything up for your team. Go to your roots. You know what you're good at. JJ is better this year. So put him in the same positions you put him in last year and let him excel even further. Um, and the other thing is on the defensive side, they need to continue to do what they've been doing, um, but they're going to have to contain Harburg that uh, Harburg, the, the Nebraska quarterback, who took over for Jeff Sims after week two. And he he's looked a lot better. He's at least been able to get the ball downfield a little more, um, looked like a more traditional solid quarterback for Nebraska. So this is a different team. It's really hard to play on Nebraska. They always show up no matter how good, how bad the team is. Those fans are always there and active and loud. So, yeah, they, gotta, they, they can't sleepwalk through this game because Nebraska is looking for blood and – you're the back-to-back Big Ten champion. Everyone's going to always give you your best shot. So would I be surprised? Like, I think Michigan said easily. There's a huge talent gap. They're a way better team. I think they'll walk through this game. And hopefully they'll finally get a cover this year because they, they are 0-3 against the spread so far. And um, I say good teams win, great teams over and 4 Sorry. Good teams win, great teams cover. And, I mean – that's why they're not higher on my on my board right now on my on my rankings because they're they're not covering. They got to stick by that, and they need to win by more than people think they should win by. So yeah, it's it's we'll see what they do this week. It is the first real test. I think we'll we'll learn a little bit. But like you said, our game our team this, this season's a, a three game year for Michigan. The last three, so low scoring game. I predict. I predict it's going to be. I don't think Michigan's going to give up many points, and I don't think Michigan's going to score a ton of points, but. The under in that is a pretty, if it was a little bit higher, I'd probably consider taking it, but it's in the 30s. So that's, Vegas doesn't think there's going to be a lot of points, but I think that's because Michigan has a very good defense. So I think they'll hold them to not many points. Another game with a low under, that's my Michigan State goes into Iowa. Michigan State, 12 and a half point underdog. Uh, This is honestly, when you look at all the teams they've played besides Richmond, this might be the uh, worst offense they've played this year. Uh, Iowa's offense is just, we had some hope for them. They're, that's gone. That's out the door. Uh, so 12 and a half points for Michigan State. I just have a weird feeling they can cover this. I'm not picking it on the podcast. I'm not picking it. Don't worry, Cole. But I just have a weird feeling that they're going to lose by like 10 points or something. And just, nah, they'll cover and just move on. I, I think you're. we're going to get to it a little bit next week. But this next 30 days is going to be pretty chaotic for Michigan State because they officially fit, fired Mel Tucker today, which means the portal opens for 30 days. So guys can leave whenever they want. So I think you're going to see a lot of roster change coming up. So that is my 
Michigan State thoughts. Uh, it'd be cool if they could pull one off at Iowa. I don't really think Iowa's crazy good at all, so maybe they could do it. Who knows? Yeah, this is this is a game where if you still have a friend in your fantasy league that has yet to do his punishment for losing last year, you stick him in front of this TV and say, you watch every second of this game because I can't think of a worse cruel punishment than having to watch this Iowa-Michigan State game. I think it's going to be gross, not fun to watch. It's just like putting needles in your eyes. So if you're looking for a new way to maybe you're a parent to punish your kid for for maybe speaking out of turn or doing something wrong, throw him in front of the TV and make him watch this game because this is going to be a horrific game of football. Yeah, not a pretty game of football, and it's primetime NBC. So that's that makes no sense to me. So, Cole, A-plus picks of the week, final segment today. You are 7-10 and 10 coming into the week. I am 9-8, and eight, so just slightly up when you total everything up for the year. Cole, start us off with your first pick of the week. Yeah, the first pick, I mean, should come as no surprise, given sort of the way I was talking about this game earlier in the pod. Um, give me Kentucky minus one and a half. And I don't think I'm going to need, I think I could, I, you could take this as an alternate spread maybe if you wanted to, but I'm taking that Kentucky minus one and a half. Good night, Florida. Billy Napier back on the hot seat, just like he was. BYU. I'm going with them again, but they're going to win this week. BYU plays Friday night against Cincinnati at home. BYU is a two and a half point underdog at home. Kind of surprised by that because I think this is a very veteran-led team and I have BYU plus two and a half at home in a weird Big 12 football game. That's just weird that those two are in the Big 12. So that, that's my first pick, BYU plus two and a half. I, I could say that's a good pick. I like it. Give me Auburn plus 14 and a half. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with it. I'm rolling the dice. Um, I just think LSU, or not LSU, Georgia's going to come in sleeping walking through it and it's going to be closer than we think my second pick clemson minus six and a half at syracuse cole mentioned it last week i think syracuse is a fraud 4-0 team i just don't think that's a 4-0 football team and clemson bounces back in a big way and then all i gotta do is win by more in the touchdown give me clemson minus six and a half going off what you said about fraud we're doing the game of who's the fraud Give me LSU minus two and a half. I think they beat Ole Miss. They solidify themselves as the top of the SEC West right now. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do here. But give me give me LSU minus two and a half. And I don't think it'll be that close. I think I can see them just dominating this team um, and really exposing who Ole Miss is this year. Lane Kiffin has a really bad record. I think he's one in like sixteen or something like that against teams that have finished with nine wins or more. And so that is ugly and. I definitely think LSU will have at least nine wins. So I am going to stay in the SEC and give me a team that I picked their over for, and that's South Carolina. Give me South Carolina plus 12.5 against Tennessee. I just don't think Tennessee is that good, and I think South Carolina can cover this and maybe even win it. I don't know if they're going to win, but 12.5, I think that's enough points for them. Yeah, I, I'm going to that Notre Dame-Duke game. I don't necessarily have a pick for this game, but I am going to say uh, give me the under here, 51.5 points. I think that's a lot of points, and I think both these teams have better defenses than they do offenses right now. I think that's a pretty high number that I'm more than happy to take, under 51.5 Notre Dame at Duke. So I'm going to tell you I, I'm going in my order, so that's why I didn't say it after you did. Um, I have LSU minus 2.5 as well. I think this LSU-Brian Kelly 
all the preseason hype. This game, they have to get, and I think they will get this game. So give me LSU minus two and a half. All right, my final game is Alabama at Mississippi State. Give me Mississippi State plus 14 and a half. I think that's a lot of points for an Alabama team. I don't think that is that good. And I think the way Will Rogers played last week, I know they, they still lost, but they're starting to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, I know I pronounced Mississippi State as dead, but this is a game against two dead teams. And when I see a game against two teams that have passed away, I'm just going to say, give me the extra points. Give me that 14 and a half. And yeah, I'm pretty confident about that. I think Mississippi State will at the very least keep it within 14. And if you're, if you're feeling a little lucky, uh, maybe sprinkle a little bit on a Mississippi State money line there. So I said I was going to stay away from Homer picks on the podcast, but I'm going to take Nebraska plus 17 and a half. So I don't think Nebraska is going to win this game. And it's not. this has nothing to do with me not liking Michigan. I just think that's a really hard place to go in and win a game by essentially what they're saying is three touchdowns. Um, I see Michigan winning by 14. I really see them winning – Last week, I had them at minus 24 at home against Rutgers, and I can see them win this game by 17, and I get that extra half point. FanDuel moved the line up since I looked this morning, and so I am going to go Nebraska plus 17 and a half with my last pick of the week. Yeah, I think I'm going to add one more pick, and I'm going to take the bye week against Ohio State. How would that work? Would it, what would be the spread? Or I'm just yeah, I think, I think Ohio State would just lose be because they don't have a game to play, and they're going to be favored. They won cover. What? I don't know. Maybe maybe Marvin Harrison will tear his ACL during practice this week. Then they we lose never. The week. <laughs> we, we can. I do. I like. Go say your apology on the record. I do. I do uh, on the record. I do not wish for any player to get hurt, especially no player on Ohio State, because it's that much more fun to just destroy them when they're healthy and watch them all cry and have no excuse. So please, Marvin Harrison, don't get hurt, so I can just feast and bathe myself in the tears of all those sorry Buckeyes. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can't my say apology. much for that. So that will wrap up week five's <laughs> preview episode. Just a reminder, like we said earlier in the podcast, we will not have a week five recap episode like we normally do that will publish Monday. This episode should be out Friday, Wednesday, or Friday, September 29th sometime. So listen to this before you maybe make some of your wagers for the weekend or if you just plan what games to watch this weekend. Cole, any final thoughts? No, let's let's have a great weekend. I'm going to be on the road a lot this weekend, but I'm going to try to still consume as much as I can. This We are, I think, finally in the days of these are just average, solid college football slates that it's just, it's just starting to feel like fall or, or we're officially in fall now. Uh, we're just going to sit back, watch some ball, you're, you're starting to – football is now a part officially of your everyday life, um, and it's just a normal thing now. And we're in conference play, a lot of good conference matchups this week, uh, and this is just a classic weekend of college football. So let's have some fun. Let's watch it. Let's watch these good matchups. And, yeah, let's just – at the very least, let's make a little money. I love it. Perfect way to end this. Positive vibes only going into the weekend. Hopefully you guys enjoy your weekend and some good college football, and we will see you next week on A Degree in Sports.